Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One. It is Sunday, December 5th, 2021. This is Mark Day. Welcome you back to the show. Mr. Mark Hamilton will be back on Thursday night and can't wait to get him back because after the race that we had today in Saudi Arabia, I certainly do not really want to wade through this one on my own this evening but hey it is what it is and uh, we'll see where we come out on the flip side but anyways wow what uh, what an afternoon that was at uh, Jeddah for the very first Saudi Arabian uh, Grand Prix anyways before we get into it let's just uh, take a quick look at the uh, the race qual- or classification for the very first uh, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix I'll just pull up uh, the uh, well the, the the first 10 point pain positions in my notes here. Winning it was Lewis Hamilton coming home in front of Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas rounding out the podium for Mercedes, Esteban Ocon, no you did not hear that incorrectly, Esteban coming home fourth for Alpine, fifth was Danny Ricardo for McLaren, sixth Pierre Gasly for Alpha Tauri, his seventh was Charles Leclerc leading home the first of the two Ferraris. Obviously, Carlos Sainz was eighth. Antonio Giovinazzi in his second to last race for Alfa Romeo coming home ninth. And tenth was Lando Norris in the second Mercedes. Now going over to the driver's standings, tied dead even between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton after 21 races. Both of these drivers on uh, an equal footing of uh, 369.5 points. Uh, Max leading the championship by virtue of winning nine races, which I believe is one more than Lewis. Valtteri Bottas third with 218 points. Sergio Perez not collecting any points today in Saudi Arabia, sitting fourth on 190. And then Charles Leclerc rounding out the top five in the Drivers' Championship with 158 points, uh, pardon me, just four points ahead of Lando Norris and uh, just under 10 points ahead of his teammate, Carlos Sainz, in seventh. In the Constructors, is it safe to say that Mercedes has got this one wrapped up with one race to go? Anyways, the silver hours, arrows, pardon me, 587 and a half points. Red Bull 559.5, Ferrari 307.5, McLaren's 269, and Alpine 149 points. So that, that gap between Ferrari and uh, Mercedes, sorry, McLaren still sitting at roughly uh, 40 points. And you have to think, uh, like we've been saying on the show here for the past couple of weeks, this one has got to be sewn up for Ferrari. But wow, what an afternoon that was. And uh, you know, part of the reason I'm waiting so late to do this uh, was because I had to go back and watch this a bunch of times. I uh, had to go through about uh, three different shifts to actually watch the race. Just it was a crazy afternoon in my own household here. And very much like Steve Williams, the YouTube live chat, he says, please be gentle. I'm still recovering from a crazy race. 
Steve, brother, I feel you. <laughs> I think we're all the same. I was on the TSN racing pod with our good friend Tim Haraney this afternoon to help uh, recap the race. And, you know, I, I still don't know what uh, what we really saw. It was... Uh, it, it was something. It was really, really something. I've come to the conclusion after 21 races, Max, I love you. Lewis, I love you. Red Bull, Mercedes, love you guys. Toto, Christian, Marco, you know what, guys? I think I, I think we need some time apart. <laughs> we're going to go to Yas next weekend. And one way or another, we're going to get this thing sorted out. But this was just, it was... Yeah, obviously it was intense, but there was so much going on in this race. I've got two pages of notes that I sat and wrote down because I had to to get this all in right in my head because doing the TSN racing pod, Tim had this all written down, and I'm pretty sure I mixed up a couple of the incidents and uh, myself here. So anyways, the first start was not great for for Max. Lewis gets away, Valtteri gets away, he gets the you know, second place and forms that barrier between him and Max. And that's where it stays for the first uh, 10 laps or so. Then you have, um, pardon me, uh, Mick Schumacher sliding into the barrier. You get a safety car. They decide to red flag the race after a little bit. It was interesting, too, because... It just seems almost a given now. Anytime that uh, something happens between that either Mercedes or Red Bull feel that they've been slighted or they've uh, been put in a disadvantage, their drivers are automatically on the radio. Uh, first of all, behind the safety car while they're dealing with uh, Mick Schumacher's accident, uh, Max is uh, complaining about Valtteri going too slow and you know because they were obviously trying to pull off the double stack for the Mercedes boys. And uh, well, <laughs> the um, I believe uh, Martin Brun on the Sky commentary, he made the, uh, the the comment that he was going too slow and he's not supposed to be doing that. Ultimately, it was a bit of a moot point because they ultimately did red flag the, that session. They were allowed to go in, change tires, change uh, you know any parts on the car that needed replacing, etc. But uh, it was an interesting one. And ultimately, I guess a little bit of a a footnote to the race because it never really got uh, dealt with. And then when you go back to the uh, well, let, let's let's make sure I'm not getting a, <laughs> ahead of my uh, myself here because you go back to the second start. It was a better start for Max. Lewis was first in the quarter. Max is inside, but uh, makes the overtake by running off onto the uh, the infield, going into turn one and two, which is a very fast kind of flick to the left and to the right. Um, then. And th- this is, you know, quickly brought to, to another standstill because uh, just in a couple of corners later, you have uh, cars all running, you know, line abreast. You have Sergio Perez get tagged on the right rear tire by a Charles Leclerc. That kind of sets off a whole chain reaction, which uh, ultimately ends up with Nikita Mazepin driving up the back of George Russell. And uh, here we go again. So... Uh, well, that's all being dealt with, and we're all looking to, to find out, well, what happened, and why are there bits of cars all over the place, and why are there cars facing the wrong way down the, the, the track, etc. Uh, the, the replay's going on, and the discussions are going on. I thought it was fascinating, too, because you get this race radio broadcast between Red Bull and Michael Massey, the F1 race director, where they're basically bartering and, and bargaining between what's going to happen, because that turn one incident where Max runs off into the, the infield, he 
doesn't uh, give the well, he doesn't really have time to give Lewis the um, the, the the position back. Um, but uh, basically, Michael Massey gives him the, the 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 opportunity at the next restart to start behind Lewis Hamilton. And on top of this, while this is all happening, you have Esteban Ocon who's in the mix there as well. You end up uh, going to the next restart where you have Ocon, Hamilton, and Verstappen, and you know Red Bull wisely decided right away to accept that. I mean, what else were they were they going to do? But now you go to the third restart, which is now on lap seventeen, which is crazy because you know I, I was watching it and. I'm looking at how this thing unfolds, and I think by this time, I, I don't even know how much time has elapsed. I was starting to wonder, well, this, I, I guess you have to look at the timing rules uh, precisely, but I was starting to wonder, is this actually going to get in within the two, uh, the whole two-hour time limit? It certainly didn't seem, seem like it, but I suppose what the red flag session uh, you know, changes things up uh, a little bit. Anyways, third time's a charm if you're Max Verstappen. You have a great start from Max, who's starting third, and he makes a very, very brave pass down the inside, going to turn one, three abreast with Lewis Hamilton and Esteban Ocon. So Max, uh, yeah, that, that was a great pass. And unfortunately, I think if you're a fan of uh, Max Verstappen, that this is going to be a highlight that I think that is going to be overlooked due to all the drama and all the things that happened before and after this incident. Anyways, Hamilton's stuck behind Ocon for only a, a lap and then um, yeah it, it's just uh, crazy because then by the time you get uh, to um, uh, lap 36 Hamilton goes to pass Max down starts finish going into Max or into turn one Max breaks late and runs through the infield again uh, Max has to give the position back it's on the radio that uh, he has to give the position to Hamilton now from what I understand uh, before this uh, this all happened uh, on start finish that there was a series of radio uh, broadcasts uh, from from the race director telling them uh, Red Bull to to, to, to to give it back and I, I don't know and I can't confirm this this is only from other people that I've uh, spoken to that uh, have a little bit more you know access uh, than, than I do but from what I understood was that they were in the process of relaying this to to, to Lewis that Max was going to have to give up that that position by running into the um, into the, the the infield once again that turn one two so Lewis wasn't actually expecting him to, to to slow down now there's some speculation that maybe both of these two guys were kind of trying to like game the DRS line so that uh, Max could uh, let Lewis pass and then uh, try and take advantage of uh, being within one second and uh, therefore activate the uh, the, the the DRS, but the whole point is that Lewis went straight up the back of him, uh, damages his uh, rear wing, and that just uh, wow, it, you know, it was it was crazy. And again, uh, Martin Brundle on Sky Sports on the commentary, the color, he thinks that it might have been a bit of a misunderstanding. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I mean, that was the most controversial uh, uh, you know point in the race. Uh, obviously, going to lap forty two, Verstappen retakes uh, the lead. Then he's given a five second time penalty for leaving the track and gaining advantage several laps earlier, which is the first time at this point that the stewards have actually weighed in on it. And then uh, on lap 43, Lewis retakes the lead and then ultimately goes on to win the race after lap 50, several laps uh, after that. Now, <laughs> well, it is just whole, so difficult to, to kind of keep up with all, all the, the, the things that obviously went on and uh, transpired through all of that. Now, if you go and look at the, the, the race steward's verdict, because ultimately Max was penalized another 10 seconds after the race, there was a full verdict that was uh, released by, by the stewards um, who uh, released uh, their, their report, gave it to Michael Massey, the race 
uh, director. And uh, anyways, it's kind of a long and lengthy uh, statement. But the key takeaway from this is that the second to last, uh, pa- sorry, the second to last paragraph in the statement saying, however, the sudden breaking by the driver of car 33 was determined by the stewards to be erratic and hence the predominant cause of the collision and hence the penalty, standard penalty of 10 seconds for this type of incident is imposed. Now, this is uh, interesting because uh, Dr. Helmut uh, Marco uh, from Red Bull uh, told um, the uh, motorsport.com, uh, first of all, he called it an extraordinary race. He went on to say, quote, uh, Red Bull is not happy and we don't accept the decisions. Our engineers are preparing that we can prove Max was constant with his braking and he didn't brake test like Hamilton said. Then he crashed into our car. He unfortunately put two cuts in the rear tire that was so severe that we couldn't attack anymore. We had to take the speed out. That was one thing. The next thing was the second start. Hamilton was more than 10 car lengths behind. Sebastian Vettel got penalized in Budapest when he did it. But with this maneuver, he, Hamilton, was preparing his tire better for the start. Then he pushed pushed Max off, no reaction. So we feel we are not treated, uh, treated the same, end quote. Yeah, I... I you know this 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 is interesting. I mean, first of all, a couple of takeaways here. I'm sure they're they're going to look at the, te- the the telemetry. I guess they're going to probably appeal this uh, decision. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really make any difference because the 10 second penalty that was applied uh, didn't actually affect uh, the, the the race uh, classification. I think this is more of a statement uh, by the stewards, if anything, just signaling what is and what is not acceptable going into the season finale. And sure, you know what? Go back uh, six eight months, however long it's been since we had that first race at Bahrain and we saw that it looked like it was going to be a pretty tight season between uh, Verstappen and Hamilton and we wanted it to, to go as long as possible and well I guess careful for what you wish for yes it's been dramatic at times uh, Silverstone Monza <laughs> Brazil and now today but uh, now we're going down and it's it's basically coming down to a one race shootout winners takes all and uh, I, I think they they have to, to to do something I don't even sit these guys down together and, and just lay it out on the line what is and what isn't going to to fly. So it is interesting that uh, they believe that uh, the data and the telemetry is going to prove them right. I would expect that they'll probably want to appeal this and put that uh, to the stewards. The The big gap uh, between uh, Hamilton and uh, Verstappen at the restart, the second restart, I think is an interesting one because I think that was a very valid point. Max uh, made comment of it on the radio. It was uh, mentioned on the commentary on the television stream, and it was pretty obvious uh, to see because, I mean, the longer that Max uh, sits there, the more that his tires and brakes are cooling. And uh, it, w- it was very, very interesting, too, because it wasn't, uh, I mean, Lewis was obviously more than the 10 car lengths uh, behind, but even the rest of the field uh, just closing up. I mean, that, that was another thing that was remarked upon by Martin Brundle, who not very much got past him uh, this afternoon, uh, did make the comment, too, that it was taking the rest of the fields an extraordinarily amount of uh, long amount of time to re- you know, form up on the grid to get ready for that second start. So it is kind of interesting that uh, that wasn't uh, ruled upon or noted. But at some point, you know, I, I guess Mark and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, draw the parallel into any number of North American sports, which, you know, obviously doesn't relate to, to, to Formula One. But the one the one phrase that a lot of us will be familiar with when it comes to, say, hockey or basketball or football to a, a certain degree is the referees have put their whistles in their pockets, right? They're letting them uh, play. But, you know, I, I guess that goes to the, the, the discussion that we've had uh, quite 
quite a few times, and we've had so many messages, so many emails and tweets from people just about the consistency and the application of the rules and by the stewards uh, all season long. And uh, for this one point, I actually find myself agreeing with Helmut Marko, especially if uh, Vettel got penalized for the same infraction in uh, at the Hungarian Grand Prix for being more than 10 car lengths uh, behind at the restart, that, uh, that that obviously is an infringement uh, of, of the rules. So if it is in one case, it has to be in another case for exactly the the, the same thing. Now, when it comes back to the incident uh, between Hamilton and, and, and Lewis, sorry, the Hamilton and Verstappen in the supposed brake test. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it obviously looked like he slowed down and then speeded up immediately on the um, on the television feed. But let's see what the data brings out. But, you know, as I'm sure everybody here wants to see, I want to see this one decided cleanly and fairly and ultimately in an exciting fashion next weekend uh, in Abu Dhabi. But at this point, I just don't have any faith in that. Anyways, I've got a lot more to, to say on this uh, subject. I'm go- I think I'm finally starting to get into my groove here because it's now a 11 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, like I say, it's taken me a long time to collect my thoughts on this race. Anyways, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment and we'll pick it up and discuss further. So don't go away. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back to the show. We are talking about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. We are talking about, I would say, that incident, uh, all those incidents. It was... It was a very, very strange and crazy race, and that is a, an understatement, to perhaps, of the 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 entire year. I mean, I you know, I finished watching this race a long, long time ago earlier today. I'm still finding different things to go back and try to keep it all straight in my head and not mix up uh, too many things that, uh, <laughs> and probably not doing a very good uh, job about it. Anyways, uh, let let's talk more about uh, that incident uh, between uh, Lewis and uh, and Max Verstappen. 
happened. Just wanted to tidy that one up, put a bow in it for now. Um, yeah, I, I guess ultimately we'll see what the data brings uh, from from Red Bull, but certainly the TV pictures to a certain extent made it did did make it look like he had slowed down. I thought uh, originally that perhaps Max was more in the middle of the track when it happened, but no, I think he did leave him quite a lot of uh, room, and he was further over to the outside of the track than I thought. So, anyways, I mean, if he did uh, lift and uh, that uh, led to Lewis driving up the back of him, then yeah, I'm sure that uh, is justifiable for causing uh, you know an, an accident, the time penalty, and all that. But boy, it uh, it was really something. Lewis Hamilton uh, did say that uh, that Verstappen is over the limit in, with not just one, but all of the the moves he made at the uh, the Saudi Arabian uh, Grand Prix. Lewis had the following to say: "Quote for me, I really have to try and just keep my cool out there, which was really difficult to, to do. I raced a lot of drivers uh, through my life in 28 years. I've come a lot of different characters, and there are a few the top uh, a few at the top which are like over the limit. Rules kind of don't apply or think of the rules." Today, I was just trying to do my talking on the track, keep my car between the white lines and do it the right way. Uh, end quote. And then when he was asked about uh, what about those drivers that were over the limit, uh, Lewis went on to say, quote, uh, he's over the limit for sure. I've avoided collisions on so many occasions with the guy. I don't always mind being uh, uh, being the guy that does that because you live to fight another day, which I obviously did. End quote. So, yeah. And uh <laughs> what more do you have to say to that? Uh, again, another comment uh, in in the live chat from Steve. Both teams were playing games today. Bottas holding up Max. So Merck could double stack uh, the pit. Was interesting. That uh, absolutely was. And I, I think that uh, Lewis, to a certain extent, knows how to play Max. Uh, you know, mentally. I mean that uh, that turn one was sort of kind of similar to turn turn four at Brazil that we saw a couple of uh, weeks ago. That this is what really kind of kicked off the whole discussion. I mean, Lewis charging down Max in the quicker car. He uh, he pushed him and was going to pass him. In the, and that one, Max, you know, supposedly breaking late. He goes wide. He runs off the track, kind of pushes uh, and takes uh, Lewis with him. Uh, Lewis passes him. I mean, nothing uh, was done at uh, that point. You know, that left a kind of a big void because, you know, a lot of the drivers, uh, you know, had to, to, to weigh on, in on that. And why wasn't it penalized? And okay, at least I know what I where, where I stand if something similar happens uh, to, to, to me in the future. And for one reason, or one way or another, you know, that's kind of set a precedence by not really doing anything, right? So, I mean, if, if it was a one-off uh, incident, I guess you could uh, make arguments that, okay, well, you can just kind of, it, it was kind of borderline. You can make the case that Max just ran, ran wide or, you know, on the flip side, he pushed Lewis wide. You know, there, there was a case to be made for, for, for both. But I think that uh, in a similar situation today, Lewis knew exactly how to play that one, uh, regardless if he was trying to, to go up the inside or out around the outside like he did in the second incident when Max uh, ran wide uh, later in the race and then gave that uh, position back that kind of led uh, to the the, the most uh, you know dramatic and controversial incident of uh, Lewis driving up uh, the, the 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 back of him but you know Lewis is about the the only person that I've heard so far to to, to hear that you know the team principals involved I think uh, Toto was being quite diplomatic I haven't heard anything or read anything but that's that may be a little bit uh, contrary you know 
there there might be uh, some comments uh, by the time that this goes out to air that it would be uh, you know Toto has said uh, something uh, different. So um, Hamilton uh, just talking about the the turn twenty seven uh, incident. He said that uh, he was uh, confused. Uh, Lewis's exact uh, comment is quote I didn't quite understand why suddenly Verstappen hit the brakes pretty heavily. I ran into the back of him and then he moved on. So I didn't understand exactly what was going on. I got the message afterwards that he was going to let us pass. So it was a bit uh, confusing, end quote. So again, that goes back to the the, the comments uh, that uh, I heard, uh, you know, from, from other sources that that uh, that, that message was uh, relayed first from race director to uh, Red Bull, which relayed it to, to, to Max, and then uh, was in the process of being uh, relayed from race uh, director to, to Mercedes, to Bono, who would have uh, then uh, forwarded that message uh, to Lewis. So the sequence is a bit uh, confusing. So it's it sounds like it was not intentional. But again, at the end of the day, if um, you know Max did something different, uh, dangerous, and it did uh, cause uh, you know an accident. I guess as as long as they don't pull Albon out of the woodwork and get him to do some sort of like bizarre you know resimulation of the whole incident, I'm kind of cool with that. Anyways, Huffles Puffle says in live chat, "Hi Mark, can't hear to wait your thoughts on that insane race. Glad to watch you live." Yeah, man, <laughs> I'd be glad to hear my thoughts on this one too because I'm really having trouble to to, to pull this one to, <laughs> together myself. Uh, anyways, uh, finish up uh, Lewis's comments, uh, just talking about that incident driving up the back of uh, Max. Stappen, quote, I tried to be as as sensible and tough as I could uh, uh, be out there. And with all my race experience over the years, just keeping the car on the track and staying clean, that was difficult. But we persevered as a team. We've had all sorts of things thrown at us uh, during the second half of the season. So I'm just really proud of everyone. End quote. So yeah, you know, again, I was kind of thinking, uh, going back to all the drama that we've seen, you know, it's it's now it's it's well. I mean, it's between Lewis and Max, and it has been uh, all season long. And at at this point, I can't honestly say would would I be happier to see Lewis Hamilton win the championship next week and pad his his legacy and become the outright greatest of all time. I mean, Lewis, we already know you're the goat. You know, seven championships uh, or or not. I mean, you're already up there, uh, Max. You know, do I want to see you become the world champion? I mean, you're undoubtedly a very, very talented driver, but some of these moves that we've seen, you know, they've they've been pretty borderline, you know, and do you really want to win it that way or do you want to do it like Lewis and try and be clean and, and do it the right way? I guess, you know, it's just been uh, so intense over the, the last several races. I mean, I, I guess when it all kicked off was really back in Silverstone and we've seen it flare up, obviously, at Monza and the one in Brazil was a bit of a, I mean, they, they obviously didn't come to, you know, to, uh, to, to an accident to that point, but today it really was all over the place. You know, I was joking around with some, some people that this was kind of like prison rules, Formula One, you know, it's kind of like every, anything goes is like a, like, or a bar fight is like stools being smashed and pool cues and God only knows what it was. It, it wasn't clean, you know? And I, I think the track was obviously it, it, that played a part of it. I'm not going to, you know, completely absolve drivers of poor decisions and things uh, that, 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 that happened. But I, I do want to, to talk a, a little bit more about that uh, because I want to just uh, talk uh, briefly about uh, Max's uh, comments <clears throat> 
Anyways, uh, Max had the following to say, quote, Luckily, the fans have a clear mind about racing because what happened today is unbelievable. I'm just trying to race, uh, and this sport these days is more about penalties than about racing. For me, this is not Formula One, but at least the fans enjoyed it. I gave it all today, but clearly not quick enough, but still happy with second. A lot of things happened uh, with which I don't fully agree with, but it is what it is. I mean, at least I tried it on the track, you know, to give it all. Uh, and uh, quote, and then uh, when uh, talking about the incident with uh, Lewis, uh, Max had the following to say, quote, I slowed down. I wanted to let him by, so I'm on the right, but he didn't want to overtake. And then we touched. I don't really understand what happened there, end quote. So, I mean, at least at the end of the day, when it comes to the one incident uh, that had between Lewis and Max, which was the most controversial, you know, forget all the escapades at turns one and two there, that neither of them can really get their mind around what happened in that start finish straight after turn 27 or sorry turn 26 when they collided there i mean i don't really understand uh, uh <laughs> i don't really understand it either I mean, if they don't understand it, it's the, the, the two guys that were directly involved what hope do we at home here have very very uh, little uh huffles puffles says in live chat max's borderline dirty moves are definitely leave, leaving a bit of a bad taste in my mouth that makes me think he's truly not ready to be a world driver champion but what do i know shruggy yeah, you know, it's it's it certainly is uh it's interesting. Can, you know, nothing against Max or nothing against Lewis, but can we maybe just give the championship to one of the Ferrari guys or to maybe Lando or something? <laughs> I mean, it would be unorthodox, but you know, it would make for a you know, maybe a, a different way to to, to end off uh, the, the the season. But, you know, like I said earlier in the show that for for better or worse now we're we're getting what we we wanted and like i say careful for what you wish for because now it comes down to a one race shootout yas marina next weekend winner takes all and at this point considering how good lewis's car has been over the past uh, couple of races i mean the, the the fact that he's just been quicker than max um and, and just the momentum that he has and i i think to a certain extent that lewis has gotten in between max's ears i think that when it comes down to the psychological battle, battle between these two guys. I think that Lewis is clearly on top of that one when it comes to the the, the mental side of it. And, you know, if there's a, a situation at Yas next weekend that's similar to what we saw today, would to say or see what we saw at Brazil a couple of weeks ago, you know, I think that, uh, that that you got advantage of your Lewis Hamilton because he knows how to play that now, right? Um, another comment from uh, Pratika Barjwash in uh, the uh, live chat opinion about Max when he's catching someone, he's probably the best in terms of, uh, he's probably the best in terms of defense. Max has always been over aggressive and tried to push his opponents off the track and gain an advantage. Yeah, good observation. Totally uh, agree with that. I mean, they did come up with a, a rule about that uh, a couple of years. Uh, years ago, right? Um, <laughs> this is a bit of a cheeky comment from Steve uh, Williams in live chat. I think Mazepin was uh, relieved to be DNF'd early on. Terrifying crash, but I got a sense he was always uh, nervous to race on the track. And, you know, absolutely. I mean, uh, Carlos Sainz made a couple of comments about that in the you know, leading up to that. And one of them was that if something happens up the track when the field is compressed, you're going to be right on top of it uh, before the, you even really know what's going on. And uh Mazepin and 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 George Russell very much uh, bystanders as everybody was slowing down. What with uh, uh, Leclerc and um, 
and pardon me, and uh, Perez touching uh, uh, you know further up, and then uh, Checo getting spun around like that. The rest of the you know the field you know slowing down, and Mazepin just uh, you know sadly a bystander. And you guys know at this point that uh, that that we're not really fans of Nikita Mazepin, but you know I you can't blame him at that point because the the time to react and the the you know I mean it, it was just a fraction of a second, and he was just along for the ride, and unfortunately he and uh, George. Russell were, you know, forced out of the race. Thankfully, neither of them was hurt even uh, minorly, but it uh, could have been a, a lot uh, scarier. Um, you know, the, uh, some of the other uh, you know comments said that uh, some of the drivers uh, made. George Russell said that uh, Formula One has a lot to, to learn about uh, the, the danger at uh, Jeddah. Uh, Checo Perez said that the, the circuit is unnecessarily dangerous. And uh, wow, you know, certainly I, I think that there's aspects uh, to this track that, that, that are nice, but you know certainly it uh, it needs uh, some work let's take a quick break uh, i'm going to come back um got a couple more thoughts on this one specifically about the track itself and then just want to weigh in on uh, the, the race this or next weekend the season finale so don't go away we'll be back in just a moment another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. As always, up to speed with Formula One. Still trying to get my mind around the, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Uh, just going back to the driver's comments about the safety of the track itself. I mean, there was concerns about uh, that uh, before the race uh, itself when they got there uh, midweek. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's uh, <laughs> pole setting lap came in at an you know two hundred fifty three point nine eight uh, kilometers an hour. It's the fastest street circuit on the calendar. Uh, it's the second fastest track on the calendar behind Monza, which is, you know, the, the, the temple of speed and is uh, absolutely an awesome, awesome track. Um, yeah, you know, my thoughts on the track, I, I think it definitely has some potential, but when you have a track that is that fast, that is that twisty, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to have it confined between concrete barriers and chain link fencing because there isn't a lot a lot of room for these uh, guys to go so I mean contact with other cars contact with the walls it wasn't like this wasn't unexpected it wasn't a, a case of if but it was going to be a case of when and when that incident uh, did it happen would it be like we saw with uh, Mick Schumacher going into the wall like a, a car just having an off would it be uh, a situation with a couple of cars colliding like we saw with well 
I mean, Max and Lewis is kind of a bit of a bar- bizarre scenario, but I mean, the incidents between, say, Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Räikkönen, that was a bit of a weird one too, but they just kind of got tangled together. And then Kimi, I think, kind of found himself along for, for, for the ride. But the point is that, you know, and I know that they wanted to have a street circuit there, but I mean, Saudi Arabia is a fairly big uh, country. I mean, there's lots of open spaces. And I think that if this track had a lot of space around it and it's, um, you know, they, they were able to have proper runoff areas, I think it would have been a, you know, it would be a much, much better circuit because within the confines that uh, that, that that it is and between those concrete barriers and the, and, and the chain link fencing, it does make it da- dangerous. And, you know, you're going to get, uh, well, obviously you're going to have collisions, but I mean, even the minor ones, just uh, cars coming into to, to minor contact with one another, you're going to see bits of uh, carbon fiber coming off from wing end plates and from barge boards, etc. I mean, at least next year with the cars being a little bit uh, simplified, then you're not going to have uh, so many of these peripheral bits hanging off and that uh, can get knocked off. But that's not really the point. I mean, a track either is or it isn't uh, safe. And I thought it was very interesting too, at one point, uh, I think it was after the Vettel Raikkonen uh, incident where you know, all these parts started flying off Seb's car that um, that I think it was Fernando Alonso was saying well you know the now the the, the the track is in the worst condition that we've seen it all weekend long there's just way too much stuff out here he said we're traveling out here at uh, you know 300 kilometers per hour plus and it's just uh, dangerous now because I mean you pick up a piece of those uh, you know carbon fiber shards you can uh, potentially get a, a puncture and you know with nowhere to run off I mean you know the, the chances are that you're going to go into the, the 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 wall there so it's dangerous so when you look at what uh, what uh, Checo has to say um, he had the, this to say quote it's a really nice circuit very dangerous though in terms of there's a lot of straights but you're turning and there are blind corners where I hope nothing happens and if you like it's too dangerous without a real re- reason when you look at some of the onboards it's quite scary I just hope that it goes through we don't see a big shunt out there I just feel that the track is a bit too risky without a reason with the speed that we're doing with the deltas around the track uh, from some of the other cars it's a bit unnecessary but i think that probably something that we can review after the weekend end quote so george russell had to say that the following um quote it seemed pretty inevitable you go around uh, a turn two that's fairly wide uh, and open cars can go side by side and then it really funnels in and goes pretty narrow pretty fast i came around a blind corner and cars were everywhere i slowed down and then got completely hit from behind so a lot to, to learn, I think, from a motorsport this weekend because it's an incredibly exhilarating and exciting track to drive, but it's lacking a lot from a safety perspective and a racing perspective. And there are unnecessary incidents waiting to happen for all these small kinks that are blind, which are not even corners in an F1 car, but they just offer unnecessary danger, end quote. So, I mean, it's not going to be too long. I mean, we're going to be back at Jeddah in March of uh, next year. What would this kind of rearrangement uh, of the schedule make sense? Because, you know, uh, we go to the Middle East at the beginning of the year to Bahrain anyways. So they do have time to figure it out. And I believe that there has been some uh, discussions uh, that they, they are going to, to, to look at that. And it certainly needs uh, to be looked at. I mean, there, there's always a little bit more danger in some of these uh, street uh, circuits anyways, but I think the big question here is with the speeds that we're seeing, is this any more than is uh, acceptable anyways? I mean, Monaco is well-renowned for being very tight and compact with nowhere really to go, but I mean, the, the one thing is, and it's not that it makes it any better, but I mean, this, the, the top-end speeds of Monaco are a lot uh, a, a lot slower, and there aren't really that many uh, blind corners. Uh, 
uh, from you know compared to to, to Jetta. Some of the uh, the other uh, comments from George Russell uh, were quote I think you live and learn from these experiences. You can't blame anybody from trying to make an incredible racetrack, and ultimately that's what they have achieved. But I think nobody foresaw what was about to happen with all these blind corners. In my opinion, yeah, the track changes are needed. You've got so many of these small kinks that are uh, totally unnecessarily, and that could just uh, be uh, made into a straight line from turn two to turn four, which uh, could be straight from turn 17 to 22. We've got five corners, which is a section which is totally easily flat out, even with the DRS. I don't know what the uh, limitations are, so that also needs to be looked at. And ideally, if that was made into a straight line, the safety would drastically improve. I think they've got the resources here to do it, so it shouldn't be a limitation. Safety needs to come first. If you can improve the danger drastically with small changes, then it's a no-brainer, end quote. So there you go. I think that uh, when the drivers, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> weigh, weigh in on it in uh, such a, a manner, I think that uh, obviously you have to uh, take that uh, to heart. And ultimately, I mean, it just goes to prove that in, in this day and age, I mean, carbon fiber notwithstanding, hands devices notwithstanding, halos, and these new helmets that they have, that Formula One motorsport in general is just a dangerous proposition. And I think that it really goes to show that these guys are risking basically risking it all every time they strap themselves into a Formula One car. I mean, we did see a couple of scary moments on Sunday afternoon. Fortunately, we didn't uh, see anything, you know, nobody was uh, seriously hurt. I mean, I think that was the the, the one thing that kind of stood out for me for Mick Schumacher's uh, accident, the way that he spun off going into the corner there was that uh, he basically hit the wall at a, a 90 degree angle. And regardless, you know, you, if you have a hands device and all the cushioning around the cockpit, I mean, you're basically hitting the car at, uh, you know, like I say, perpendicular to the wall and just the, the opportunity for the neck to snap like that uh, is, you know, potentially potentially uh, very, very uh, dangerous. Um, anyways, just a couple of other things here before I kind of, why well, try to collect my thoughts here about going into to next uh, weekend. Uh, I talked about this on Thursday night, uh, just uh, about this uh, deal between uh, Mercedes and Kingspan. This Irish um, uh, insulator that uh, was involved in this Grenfell Tower uh, fire and disaster in June 2017. Um, so they did sign a deal. <coughs> excuse me, to be uh, a sponsor for Mercedes. This really kicked off a lot of outrage from uh, survivors and, and family members for people that uh, that that suffered and were killed in this uh, tragedy. Um, Ham- Hamilton uh, did uh, say something short about it. He said, quote, it's not something I feel I have to speak of publicly. It has nothing to do with the team uh, signing of the, any of the sponsors. Uh, and, um, well, end quote, uh, maybe perhaps uh, for the one of, uh, you know, Tommy Hilfiger figure because uh, that's the only sponsor that uh, Lewis himself uh, brought uh, to uh, Mercedes. Um, so anyways, um, Total Wolf said that is uh, something that they could reevaluate uh, this deal after the, uh, you know, the, the, the uproar. Uh, anyways, uh, Total had the, the, the following to say, quote, we have discussed also that uh, with the important people, we will reach out to Kingspan and come up with the right solution. There's a contractual agreement that's behind these things and we just want to do the right thing with integrity. And that's why I don't want to further comment. End quote. So <coughs> we'll see. Um, 
It was, um, you know, an interesting uh, one, and uh, certainly, so, you know, I, I guess the big controversy is uh, with, uh, you know, the the, the products that uh, they uh, made were, you know, part of uh, the reason of the big disaster and led to the loss of life. So, uh, signing a sponsorship deal with a very high profile team uh, like Mercedes is obviously very, very controversial. Uh, anyways, I'm going to start wrapping this one up now, but just to, to kind of finish off uh, some of these thoughts. We get now a week, we get very, very little time now to sit back, to think and and, and really think about what happened uh, today and digest it. And we're going to do it all over again here on, uh, you know, less than a week from now. And this time... You can base. I don't want to say you can forget about all the the previous twenty one races, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, it, it basically comes down to it's an even slate, winner takes all. I mean, the constructors has to be pretty much wrapped, unless by some bizarre reason, both uh, Mercedes cars have you know some unfortunate circumstance that uh, leads them to score no points, and Red Bull really bags a lot of points. I mean, it was really disappointing. I mean, for for Red Bull today with Checo going out that, you know, they're down to 50% of their point scoring capacity, what with only having Max out there. And of course, uh, you know, Bottas was able to take that for the third position away from Esteban Ocon very, very late in the race there and get some more points uh, for, for the constructors. So that one I think is pretty much, uh, is uh, sewn up uh, again for Mercedes that will win what? It was is their seventh, eighth in a row now. I've almost uh, lost, uh, uh, you know, lost count of it, but... <clears throat> As we go into this final race, when it uh, does come down to Lewis and Max, I just won't really want to see a clean race uh, between the two of them. If uh, if Lewis has the advantage, he's going to pass Max. I just hope that Max does the right thing. And you know, on on. And that goes for the you know the, the the flip side of that as well. I mean, Lewis always talks about do, doing it the right way, doing it the clean way, and I don't suggest that he would push him off, uh, you know, Max off, um, if uh, you know Max is pushing him and he has the the advantage uh, to do so. So. I really don't know what to, what what to say more than that. I I really really hope that it's a clean race. I hope and it's exciting race. I hope it's not anticlimactic. I hope that it runs the entire length of the race, and that uh, that either Lewis or Max doesn't have a. Uh, a mechanical issue and a DNF because that would just uh, be uh, disappointing. I, I just want to see it uh, won cleanly and fairly. I mean, if it's a great move, the way that uh, that that Max put on that that third restart up the uh, up the inside there to win it, or you know, if Lewis puts a great move on Max, you know, th- that's what we're all here for. We're here to watch good, clean, exciting racing. <coughs> And uh, that's really what uh, what I really hope uh, to see. Anyways, I don't know what else uh, to say uh, other than that. Um, you know, just kind of like going down the constructors uh, again, looking at these things. I you know, I, I was kind of surprised when I was followed. I had to look at the final race classification at the end of the race to see where the, the McLaren cars had finished up, where the Ferrari cars had ended up, and how that really didn't change the constructor standings very much to what it was previously going into that one. And I was, it was kind of a bit of a, a profound moment, and I'd realized I was so focused on what was happening at the front. I was so focused on what was happening between Lewis and and Max that I'd completely forgotten about what was happening up and down the the, the rest of the running order. And 
I completely had not realized that Ricardo had finished where he did, where Carlos and Charles had finished where they did, where Lando had finished up where, where he did, and all these other things that were going on. Because every time something happened, I found myself going back and watching, okay, what happened between Lewis and Max here? What happened there? Okay, all these different things. I found that I was so hyper-focused on what was happening between Hamilton and Verstappen that basically the other 18 cars out there was almost a... It, it wasn't a point of interest for me, and I, I cannot recall a race, at least in recent memory, that uh, I've been that focused on two cars like that. And you know, I, I guess, at least in my defense, you can see why, because these are the two guys that are, are fighting for, for, the, for the big prize there. But still, it was very, very... Uh, it was a very, very interesting moment to to kind of really go down and and see that uh, final race kind of classification just after the race had ended. I was just like, okay, well, how did he end up there and how did they end up there? It was a very, very strange moment. Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks, guys, uh, for all of you that uh, joined into the live uh, stream tonight. I know it was a little bit uh, later than usual. Uh, again, I needed extra time to collect my thoughts on this one. I don't know how, co- how coherent it was, but hey, I, I think we're all kind of feeling uh, feeling the same on this one. It was, uh, it you know, like I say, it was it you know to say it was crazy and dramatic. And uh, and all of those things is an understatement to say the least. Anyways, if you want to get in touch, uh, by also um, uh, uh, do so. Um, please send us a tweet at scooteryf one pod. Uh, on the flip side, if you want to send us an email, please send us an email at scooteria uh, at scooteriapod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Take care. Have a great race. Mark and I will be back on Thursday night to preview the season finale. Can you believe it? Until then, have a great week, guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.